0: So hustle, hustle hustle yeah Love what you do Something I have always believed day in and day out. Whatever it is you're doing, just love it. I feel like a lot of what we see in our Instagram or even in our day-to-day lives is people who are making good money, but they're not actually happy. Our lives seem to revolve around the idea that you have to go to college to get a good job and be successful. But where does happiness come into play? Would you really rather be at a nine to five you hate Or doing what you love with just a little less pay we see our lives flash before our eyes because we're stuck behind a desk a counter or whatever it might be our next guest said no more of this and decided to chase his dreams in a big way creating music is what he truly loves doing and it shows the amount of work he puts in you can tell he is truly passionate about what he does please welcome our next guest at this time the one and only arthur All right, so we are here with our next special guest. Um, Go ahead and introduce yourself for those who don't know who you are. My name's Arthur.
1: Um, Where did you grow up and where are you from? Uh, I grew up in Ames, Iowa until I was like 19. And then I moved to Minneapolis for six years. And then I moved back here. How was it in Minneapolis compared to Iowa? Uh, There's just more stuff to do everywhere. Really? (laughs) Like, I mean, it's not... It is bigger than Des Moines, but like there was just there's more food to eat, there's more places to party, there's more like aesthetic bars, there's just a lot more of everything to do. But when I moved back from Minneapolis, I told myself I couldn't go back to Ames. There was no way that was going to (laughs) happen. Why was that? Uh, Because I couldn't go from actual an actual city Mm -hmm. to Ames. So Mm -hmm. I just was like, yeah, Des Moines is the next best thing. And I, I mean, since I grew up around here, I was always down here for shows. So I had a bunch of friends that lived here still.
0: I feel you. Um, so how would you say that, you know, going from Minneapolis or Ames, Minneapolis and then back over here, how would you say that kind of shifted you to who you are now? Did that changed your
1: mindset at all? Yeah, I mean living in ames i guess ames is bigger than it was when i lived there but living in ames that it had a lot more small town mentality type mm-hmm. thing Whereas moving up to Minneapolis, it was a lot more open and accepting of everything. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know, like I said, I moved when I was 19. So I I got was getting pretty heavily tattooed in my 18 year, 18 and 19 year old. Mm -hmm. And just the way I would get looked at in Ames compared to anywhere I was in Minneapolis. Nobody thinks thought twice about it or anything. Mm -hmm. And just seeing how different people and different groups of people got treated. Mm -hmm. It just seems like people are way more open and don't really care yeah in a bigger city
0: do you think that's changed now just because of i've seen a lot of people because i mean i've always gone to ames to do business and stuff like that and like i feel like it's changed over the years do you believe that too
1: yeah i mean it's definitely like since i've moved back going back to ames and seeing and like being there and sometimes seeing friends like Mm -hmm. it's definitely not the same as it was Mm -hmm. but it's still not like i mean even yeah even des moines yeah there's still that there's still that nah you know, looking at people and making a judgment, mm-hmm. and I don't know, it just seemed like Minneapolis, there was a lot less of that going on.
0: For sure, I've been there, and it's, it's really nice. Um, why did you choose, like, your stage name to be Arthur instead of something, like, that's not your, that has
1: nothing to do with your name? Um, I'm really bad at naming things, so <laughs> I didn't even name myself. One of yeah. my buddies, uh, Dan Green, named it, mm-hmm. and I was just like yeah sure whatever because I never I honestly never thought of taking it as far as I have mm-hmm. like I've always just loved hip-hop and stuff since I was a little kid mm. and so I just thought I was gonna end up doing it for fun mm-hmm. and then things just kind of started steamrolling and next thing I knew that's how it was
0: yeah um what do you think about I wanted because a big thing that I always look at is like our artist names what do you think about a lot of people I feel like there's always like Lil in front of like a name what do you think about that trend
1: I mean to each their own it's just a, a matter of like, are you doing it because that really means something to you? Mm-hmm. Or are you doing it because you're trying to ride the wave? Yeah. Because if you're doing it because it means something to you, I don't care. Like at that point, who cares what anyone thinks about your name? If it's meaningful to you and you love it, fuck mm-hmm. them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like if it's not meaningful to you and you're just doing it to try and be part of a trend, like you are like if it's already a trend, you missed it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, so you're on the back end. You're just riding the wave at that point, and. Mm-hmm. I don't know it's you could think of something better than that yeah
0: that that is a good point that you brought up though because I feel like a lot of times especially nowadays um, a lot of people are trying to be rappers a lot of people are trying to do the same thing what is your take on that of a lot of people just trying to join that wave now that it's cool
1: I mean for the music scene as a whole mm-hmm. it's a good thing like it's gets more interest into people who are really taking it seriously it brings mm-hmm. a lot more interest to the people who are really doing it and mm-hmm. really trying hard. Mm-hmm. But on the other end of things, it's like are you doing this again because music means something to you or are you doing this because you want to be like someone else? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that goes as far as image, music, everything. Like if you come in and you record a song with me and you sound just like The Baby,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not like in my opinion, you're not going to get people's attention because if people want want to hear that, they're mm-hmm. just going to listen to The Baby. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you ever dealt with that before? Like, obviously, I don't know if you would tell them straight up, like, hey, you need to find your own flow. But have you ever dealt with that, like, ever? And when you've been recording or anything, like, oh, okay, this person, you can kind of tell, just wants to sound like this person or doesn't have the passion or anything like that that you
1: see? I mean, I try to keep my personal judgments out of it Mm -hmm. because at a certain extent, music is taste. yeah, And just because it's not something i like Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's not good Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i I try to keep that in mind and i always the way i look at people when they come in the studio is i always try to take what they're doing Mm -hmm. and what they're putting out and give it what it needs to sound like what it is in their head Mm -hmm. and like like i said like not all music is for me like some of the music i listen to my friends call me crazy for listening to it Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean hundreds of thousands of people don't listen to that thing you know what i mean
0: that's very true
1: but I always try to give people pointers like normally in our first session, I'll ask, like, do you want my do you want me to help produce this? Do you want my opinions on what you're doing Mm -hmm. or do you want me just to play the engineer? Mm -hmm. Because I don't have a problem just sitting back and hitting the buttons and making it sound how you want. Mm -hmm. But I love being a part of music and I love doing music. So if you want my input, I'll give you my input.
0: Yeah, um, that's that's another good point, though, because I
1: feel like a
0: lot of times when people have input from others, they take it as hate. But I feel like a lot of times or maybe sometimes there's times where like it's not hate. It's just like c- uh, constructive criticism. Like you might not like what they say, but then that might help you blow up and like or that might help you, you know, like kind of sound how you want it to sound.
1: Yeah. I mean, I look at it like I had an, a situation. I think I was like 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to tour in a metal band and we were playing for a couple of A&Rs at different labels And one of the labels was like my dream label to be on at Mm -hmm. that time. Like, that would have been it. Mm -hmm. And he actually pulled me aside after the set Mm -hmm. and was just pretty much like, hey, um, you know, you guys are really good at performing. Your music's good, but you're not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. And then kind of elaborated on things that he thought could be built. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, later on down the road, I can look back and be like, yeah, he was 100% correct, but at Mm -hmm. the time... That was really hard to hear. Mm-hmm. But if I never would have listened, my music would have never progressed. But then there are some people out there that will give you their opinion and their opinion is ass. Yeah. Like it's just how it boils down. What do you mean
0: by their opinion? How do you how like do, how do you separate that?
1: Um I don't know. See a lot of people I don't think know how to separate an opinion from a uh, constructive criticism mm-hmm. because to me constructive criticism is anything that I think that could progress you as an artist. Mm-hmm. But an opinion is just based on a feeling like Mm. I could I could have an opinion about your music and not think that like your music is good Mm -hmm. to me. But that doesn't mean I can't give you constructive criticism to make because just because that's that type of music or that lane isn't for me. Mm -hmm. Like I said, doesn't mean it's not for everyone else. So if I can hear things that can make you like that much more in the lane that you want to be in. Mm I'm still going to give you those because I want you to be the, like as, a, as an engineer and a producer, I want you to be the best artist you can be. Mm. It doesn't matter how I really feel about the track, which I mean really 90% of the time I'm I'm into the tracks. Mm. Like people come in, I'll be singing the song by the time it's t- time for me to mix just mm. because I like to get like in that creative mindset with the artist because mm. otherwise it's boring.
0: Yeah, I feel you. That is, that is true. Um, have you ever dealt with or like seen a lot of times? Cause I feel like there's people that are like you know mixing in there and they don't really care about helping the artist they just care about making money have you ever seen that or experienced that
1: uh yeah but i mean that kind of boils to a to a point of like the stock like the type of recording that people are used to and it's not in like a large end studio mm-hmm. like y- people expect that the person at the computer is going to play the engineer and producer because mm-hmm. really an engineer's job is just to press the buttons Mm -hmm. i'm not going to sit here and tell you you said that word wrong or Mm -hmm. you should hold out this note longer that's producing it Mm -hmm. and like i like to wear both if both hats if i if i'm invited to do so by the artist Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean i also just know there's people around that will record music and not say a word and do whatever they think and then maybe the artist isn't happy with it and they're like oh you're bunk because my mix is fire and blah. you know what I mean? Like, it just like starts a headbutt. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, I think that every person at the keyboard and at the computer, when recording someone, you kind of have to take all your feelings aside and know that you're being paid there to bring that artist to the next step. Mm -hmm. Otherwise they would just stay doing whatever they were doing before. I agree with
0: that. Um, I want to go into your childhood. What type of uh, kid were you growing up? Um, and what type of music were you listening to?
1: Um, I was a skater kid. I mm-hmm. skateboarded a lot. Yeah. But uh I listened to a lot a lot of rap and hip hop when I was younger until I probably hit like 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. I used to hide all my unedited CDs under my bed from my <laughs> parents back when you had to buy CDs. Yeah. And uh but then I started switching over, not switching over completely cuz mm-hmm. I still listen to hip hop and rap, but that's when I started taking on metal and like of course we're from Iowa, so Slipknot was huge for oh, yeah. me growing up and I got really really into that started playing in a metal band played metal music for like I mean we were on stage from when I was like 14 Mm -hmm. until 19 when I moved and yeah from there like once I stopped doing that I started playing like some singer-songwriter folk stuff Mm -hmm. and then came back to hip-hop I kind of do like roll through different genres of music whatever I'm feeling at the time Mm -hmm. Um, would you say that kind of like helped you like be versatile, especially
0: cause I feel like a lot of times people, whenever they're going up, they stick to one, one like type of style, like just hip hop or just rock. Do you think that it helped you kind of form who you are right now? Like that you kind of had like that full circle?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, uh, especially on the newer stuff that I just dropped, a uh, bunch of people would be like, Oh man, I can hear like your rock melody type stuff. And mm-hmm. like that you did do rock music before mm-hmm. this. In here but yeah. it's still hip-hop and it's still Arthur mm-hmm. and I just think I don't know I think it gave me the ability to see cuz like there's I have one artist that I record and he screams it's like a, he screams but it's rap music mm-hmm. and if I never would have been in metal and stuff I would have never known what to do with that <laughs> But because I was yeah. when he walked in I was like oh yeah I know exactly what mic to use I know exactly what we're gonna do to make mm-hmm. it sound like how you want it to sound and so I think that's given me the opportunity to be able to work with a wider variety of artists as well.
0: For sure. Do you think that kind of is important, though, especially if you're like um, have a studio and everything? Do you think it's important to like kind of know different genres and not just kind of I feel like it would like not widen your market enough if you're just sticking to one type of like, say, rock or or just rap specifically? Do you think it's important as a as a studio owner to, you know, kind of know everything?
1: I mean, as a studio owner, absolutely, mm-hmm. but just as a general person, mm-hmm. like, you're cutting yourself off from so much good music in the world mm-hmm. just because you think you don't like that genre, mm-hmm. but, like, like right now, I'm writing a country record, like, yeah. most people wouldn't think that I would be doing that, mm-hmm. And but, like, I mean, I'm not talking country like Rascal Flats or anything, <laughs> but, like, the beginning of country, like, or the beginning of rock and roll, like, Johnny Cash, Elvis mm-hmm. Presley, like that kind of stuff there's a reason that people are still listening to that today and it's not just nostalgic purpose like learning song structure and like stuff like that i mean listen to the beatles and records and you'll learn Mm -hmm. all the different like song structures Mm -hmm. and so just being able to have that kind of knowledge behind it is even as a music listener Mm -hmm. is a good thing
0: that's true i agree with that um when you were growing up you said you were into like you started with off with like rap and hip-hop um i had a couple artists on here that said when they were younger they would do like beats and stuff like that with whatever they they you know they had whether it's like desk or anything at school were you that type of person that was always trying to create music or were
1: you the type of person that was just listening to it Uh, i've always been creating like i got my first acoustic guitar when i was 10 Mm -hmm. and then got my electric when i was 11 and once i figured out that garage band came free on macbooks Mm -hmm. i would steal my older brother's macbook and just record anything i could think of and that's probably why i do so many different genres all the time Mm -hmm. because that's what i've always done like when Mm -hmm. i hear a genre when i hear an artist that really inspires me I want to be in. I want to use that inspiration and like. If you're only doing one genre, mm-hmm. yeah, you can use that inspiration a little. But mm-hmm. that inspiration goes a lot farther of a way if you're open to letting it enter into your other genres of music.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. There you go, man. <laughs> uh, I agree with that honestly, a hundred percent. I also want to ask you because you said you were kind of hiding your, you know, your uh, your CDs and stuff like that. What did your family and friends think when you first started doing music or when you first started
1: making music? Uh. I don't know, cause like the first time like the first time I ever was on stage was mm-hmm. when I was playing metal music. Mm-hmm. and I can always thank my parents for that. like both my parents and my grandma, my dad's mom would be at every single show we played in town. Mm-hmm. Now I know like my dad, yeah, he likes that music, mm-hmm. but I know my mom and my grandma did not like that. <laughs>
0: what do you think what like what do you, what makes you say that?
1: Oh, uh, just because I mean, yeah. I mean, my grandma was into old music, like mm-hmm. the very old music and but the fact of the matter was like, having their support Mm -hmm. through all that just made me know like I'm doing something that I'm supported in Mm -hmm. and like yeah it's kind of crazy and a lot of people now are like oh I'm I'm an artist I'm an artist I'm an artist but Mm -hmm. like the age I was back then and what I was doing people would always be like to ask my mom at work like oh you let your son play in a bar last night Mm -hmm. and she's just like I mean yeah like he plays music and Mm -hmm. there was this battle of bands and I support them
0: but, do, you think, do you think that's important? Because I feel like a lot of kids, especially growing up, they don't have that type of support from their parents. Do you think that really, like, pushed you to keep going?
1: Yeah. I mean, just knowing that, like, I can tell my parents at my age right now, like, yo, I'm going to make money off music and then being supportive of that. Like, mm. I, I can't imagine not having that my whole life. And mm. like, yeah, that that sucks. Mm. But for the people that don't have it, that should just be more fuel in your fire, like, These people don't think you can do this, so show them that you can, and Mm. that it's not a pipe dream. Like this isn't this isn't fun and games for Mm. me, type of thing. For sure.
0: Did you ever have hate when you first started, and how did you deal with it?
1: I mean, yeah, I'm sure I still do now. Yeah. How (laughs) do you deal with it? The the hate is to me, like I said, if you're making music, like Mm -hmm. if you're making music for yourself and out of your passion, Mm -hmm. and you enjoy your art, fuck those other people, like. Everyone's going to have an opinion, even the biggest artists in the world, like even Drake, even Mm -hmm. Michael Jackson, like huge, huge artists. How many hundreds of thousands of people hate them? Mm -hmm. You kind of just have to learn that. Like, you just have to brush it off. Like they they don't dictate your moves. They don't dictate your creations. Mm -hmm. Only you do. So, I mean, let them hate like they're the ones like wasting energy (laughs) on it. Like you don't even have to pay attention. Mm
0: hmm. Um, I want to thank you, honestly, bro, because, like, when I first reached out to you, um, you were doing a show, I can't remember exactly what show it was at, though, uh, at Woolies, um, and I spoke to you about wanting to start a podcast and all of that, um, and, like, you were really supportive about it, you, like, you, you told me, like, hey, you know, like, if you ever need anything, like, let me know, I do want to thank you, uh, like, for that, honestly, because, yeah. like, you're one of the first people, if not the first person to actually, like, reach out and, like, have me, like, you know, kind of, like, help me out and stuff like that if I ever needed help. Um, but how important do you think, especially now in like where we're at in the music community or even the community as a whole, how important do you think it is to kind of help each other bring each other
1: up as a city? I mean, there's no making it like the city's not going to be a music city if mm-hmm. everyone's just like stuck on the idea of I'm going to be the first. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the first. Anything else is trash. Like, it's not going to work. Like, look at the cities that really do it. And look at how much local support that the artists that are getting it really get. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's just not room for it. Every if even if everyone in the city wanted to do this exact same thing, mm. the people that, like I said, that really have a passion for it and mm-hmm. really understand what it takes out of your life to be able to like go for it, mm-hmm. they're gonna be the ones that progress. But then you can't like they can't progress if other people if they're putting out good music and other people are hating on it just for the fact of who they are or mm-hmm. whatever like the city's not going to get any bigger but then again like your like you could not be big in your city whatsoever anymore and be huge nationally yeah. just because of the way things work in internet and podcasts like this mm-hmm. like so it is important locally to like build each other up and really push for the best mm-hmm but also don't get hung up on it because there's a million other things you can do and a million other places you can go and make mm-hmm. connections and build things too.
0: I, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, I wanted to go back to like the artists that you were first listening to. Was there a certain artist that you were like listening to that inspired you to want to become who you are now?
1: Shit. Um, I would think... It's really just... An, like everything that I listen to, Mm -hmm. because like I said, like I I take inspirations from all the different genres I listen to and put it in my hip hop. Mm -hmm. Like my record that I just put out now is like, I think four of the seven or five of the seven beats are all me playing guitar and me making the beats. Like, Mm -hmm. because I can put that different influences in there. Mm -hmm. But the people that really got me into hip hop were probably, uh, Jay Z and Eminem. (laughs)
0: Wait, why is that like what what about them wanted you to get into hip hop
1: I don't even know man it was just the way that the like music to me is everything about feelings mm-hmm. and the way it makes me feel mm-hmm. and that kind of music at the time was just like it just felt good it felt right mm-hmm. it was it, you know it matched my mood I guess
0: yeah that's true um, for anyone that who hasn't listened to your music or if you had to explain to someone um, how would you explain your music hmm like Genre-wise, yeah. Or? Like, if someone said, "Hey, what type of music do you play?" How would you explain it to them?
1: Uh, I sing on hip hop beats. I guess. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, cause to me, like, John, like subgenres of stuff mm-hmm. gets so convoluted to a point that I don't even try. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. But yeah, I don't know. I sing over beats, rap sometimes. I guess you're
0: you're 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 doing basically everything that that nobody's doing. In my opinion, like, you know, you're, you're going out there and I feel like a lot of people stick to one category, but you're trying everything, you know, you're kind of like doing this, doing that. So I I appreciate that a lot, especially because I think that's what people need the most right now, um, is to like kind of uh, go out and experience more. And I feel like, especially me, I've had it before where like I really dislike country music. Yeah. Like it could be anything else, but like if it was country music, I'll turn it off. So then I started kind of, you know, like listening to that more and especially when you dropped your... Uh, music, I was like, oh, snap. Okay, I am kind of looking at it a little bit differently. Um, what was some of the toughest hurdles you encountered when you first started making music?
1: Um, in general or hip-hop music? General, like anything... I mean, when I first started making music, I was just so young that like we would show up to play, like I said, these battle of the bands and we're a bunch of 14 year old kids and we're playing against people in their like late 20s (laughs) and no one wanted to take us seriously. Mm -hmm. And we would get brushed off and brushed off until we got on stage and then we played and then we got down and everybody who was ignoring us all night was like, oh my God, like what, what, what? And I mean, that was kind of a a thing, more of an annoyance Mm because it got fun after a while just being like. I know you're going to come talk to me when we get off stage because you think that we we're, like, some really crappy high school band, but yeah. we're not. But, and then, like, in hip-hop, it was just kind of the same thing. People taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't sure. know how, how to explain it
0: any better. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like a lot of times, and I, that's a good point that you brought up, especially now, like, there's kids that are young, but they're not taken serious because of their age. Do You think that's, that's something that needs to change? Because I feel like there's a lot of kids that or they they are young, but they're really talented, but they're not getting that exposure that they need because of their age.
1: Well, and that's like, yeah, absolutely. Like that has to change because my whole thing is like mm-hmm. you take an artist at 14, 15, 16, mm-hmm. that already has their own kind of feel and their own kind of sound. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden with the more amount of knowledge you might have on this other aspect of music, mm-hmm. if you can implement that into them, now they're, their artistry is at the point yours is now but they're 10 years younger type Mm. of thing you know what i mean like i mean we really just need to get back to the point where we're creating real music like i'm tired of everything being cookie cutter like i said when another artist is literally like it's not inspired by this person Mm -hmm. it's i'm like copying this pretty pretty much Mm -hmm. um like we just need to get away from that because that like that's become the oversaturation of music like at least for me I, I have the hip-hop artists i like and yeah i'll listen to new artists but if you sound like someone i already listened to mm-hmm. i'm not even going to give it another chance because i'm just going to keep listening to the artist that does that the way I, exactly how i like it you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah and the more the more that you work on having your own sound and your own like truly your own artistic piece of that that's when you're start, going to start really getting noticed because, mm-hmm. you, like you said, you're doing something that nobody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that, more eyes are going to open up to you way faster than if you were doing the same thing 10 other rappers are already doing.
0: That's true. Um, I agree with that, honestly. Um, do you think it's important, because I, I think you kind of already touched on it, but do you think it's important to be yourself? Because I feel like a lot of times now kids are wanting to be like, They'll be like, oh, one day I want to grow up and be like this person. But in my eyes and the way I see it is, yeah, it's, it's cool to have like people you look up to, but do not tell yourself, I want to be just like this person. Because at the end of the day, if you're doing the same same steps by step that that artist, that painter, that person that sells shoes, whatever it might be, is doing, I feel like people are just going to be like, well, why would I go to that person if that's already been done?
1: Yeah, same kind of idea. Like, if trying to think how to say it like if you're so if you were like you're selling shoes Mm -hmm. if i tried to then do the exact same thing you're doing Mm -hmm. one people are going to look at me and go well this dude has a better reputation has been doing it for longer so Mm -hmm. why would i go to you and two like especially in music if you've seen it been done and it already worked Mm -hmm. it's not going to work again Mm. because we have like especially not in today's time Mm. like we have such short attention spans that if we get bored in that 30 seconds that i'm listening to the song because i've heard it a million times before even though i've never heard that song Mm -hmm. then i'm gonna hit skip
0: yeah
1: and it's like if you come to it like no other person is going to be you yeah so if you come to the art whatever the art is and you're doing you and you're doing your own expression no one else can match that and that's when i think people really start to get noticed that's true
0: um and i spoke to you a little bit about your style and your how you're versatile do you think that is something that every artist should or look at or should have whenever they're creating music is being versatile
1: yeah i mean i think every person should i got to the point where like when i was doing my singer songwriter stuff i did start to feel like okay maybe my music is kind of starting to sound too much like this person that i'm inspired in Mm. or inspired by And so I went and watched interviews of that artist and found out who they've been inspired by. Mm. And I literally started, like, I had a list of 20 different artists that this artist Mm. was naming off. And I went back and listened to their records Mm. and then took it a step further and found out who inspired those artists. And, like, you just start to get put on to music you never would have thought you would have been into and Mm -hmm. love it.
0: Yeah, that is true. Um, And that's the same thing that I was talking about, how I hated well, I didn't hate it. I, I mean, I guess I kind of did. <laughs> I didn't really okay, like country. Lots of people hate country. Yeah. So then I, then I started, you know, kind of, kind of like going that route and I actually ended up loving it too. So, um, I agree with that. You're one of the first people that actually have like, in my opinion, have like a legit like studio space here. Um, and in my opinion, what made you want to like, kind of do that and go that extra route? Because I feel like a lot of people, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with obviously like everyone starts from somewhere, but I feel like a lot of te- a lot of times people are just recording, whether that's in their room, um, as far as like music that sh- that needs to kind of level up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. How and why was that kind of like clicked in your mindset that hey, you know, maybe I should have my own spot because a lot of people are just not doing it the way that should should be done
1: yeah I mean I went to school for like I have a college degree in audio engineering and production Mm -hmm. and so I mean I was recording myself on a laptop before that at my house Mm -hmm. and going to school getting hands-on learning getting to use the actual gear Mm -hmm. knowing like I could take my own song from before I went to school and all I'm doing is remixing it and it Mm -hmm. sounds that much better like There just has to be that kind of standard like if you want to be taken seriously You have to put serious time Mm. effort and I mean really money when Mm -hmm. it comes down to it Like because when I was younger in bands, like you couldn't go Record like you couldn't go record at my studio like mine for Mm -hmm. $30 an hour Like no, you had to take five guys all the equipment have a studio That's big enough to record a full band have Mm -hmm. an engineer that knows how to do bands and I mean, we were paying, you know, anywhere from 2000, $3,000 a time that we would go to record. Mm-hmm. And so I think having that kind of like precursor to mm-hmm. recording, like I really want it like hip hop is not something to be taken lightly. Like there's no reason that hip hop like pre probably 2004, 2005, mm-hmm. like I was watching an interview with Seth Perkins and that's a uh, futures old engineer mm-hmm. who, before he died. And, uh, he was saying that he came from metal as well. And when he came into to hip hop, he couldn't understand why the quality of recording was so poor when they were using the same exact stuff. Mm-hmm. They just didn't take the time. And he was like, you know, this genre of music has the ability to become what it is now. Yeah. And it needs to be taken that seriously and put that mm-hmm. much thought and effort into it. And like when I hear a recording of someone who they obviously like, and this isn't like me throwing shade, but if you record it on a thirty-dollar microphone or a hundred-dollar mm-hmm. microphone in your bedroom to yourself, mm-hmm. have no knowledge of like what you're doing engineer-wise, mm-hmm. if you pay for any studio, not my studio, any studio, mm-hmm. you're gonna have a better product because yeah. that person has put a bunch of time and knowledge into mm-hmm. their craft, That's true. just as much as you have being a hip hop artist. You mm-hmm. know what I
0: mean? Yeah. How important? Because I feel like there. You spoke about school, right? You yeah. said you how you got your own your degree and everything do you think that in order for you to be a good mixer or producer whatever it might be do you think you have to go to school
1: absolutely not
0: no no
1: I mean I I kind of honestly just went to school because the band wasn't gonna happen anymore mm-hmm. and that was really the only thing I could see spending my time and my money on learning mm-hmm. and like I mean I can tell you firsthand probably 90% of my graduating class of like 200 people or whatever probably 90 percent of them don't do anything to do with recording anymore but it's like just like your artistry it's all about the time and the the passion you put into it Mm -hmm. if you don't like even skateboarding like if you don't spend time doing it Mm -hmm. you're never gonna learn how to kickflip you're never gonna land a five-star you know what Mm -hmm. I mean Like, like you have to practice and that gets hard for me because it's like do I spend my time being an artist or do i spend my time being an engineer producer and how do i make sure that (laughs) everything is still like one's not lacking because i'm spending too much time on the other that is
0: true i agree with that um i wanted to talk because i spoke a little bit about your artist name um why did you choose the name the mothership
1: i don't know man i'm obsessed (laughs) with aliens yeah and like the whole like the fact of the cosmos being so huge and so crazy and like the way that we had the lights set up and everything, it just looked like you were walking into a spaceship and like that's what I wanted it to feel like that you you're here to take off to the next you know, the next frontier. Like we're not keeping your music at the at where you walked in. Mm-hmm. Like that's in the past and now it's time to level it up. Level it up like a like
0: a um a spaceship. I yeah. mean, I love that man. That that's really cool. Um how do you think you've changed the most since you first started music?
1: Um The hardest thing, I think, for me to find was the, like, because I'm a perfectionist to a point, Mm -hmm. and learning where that becomes a fault was hard. Because, I mean, I probably have 200 songs that I've recorded over the years that will never see the light of day because I was too, trying to perfect it so much Mm -hmm. that by the time I thought it was ready to put out, that kind of, like, feel and whatever it was, Mm -hmm. was two years past now. And that's not, like, it's not going to still resonate the Mm -hmm. same. And so just knowing, like, when you have a good product, you have a good product, and you just need to run with it and believe in yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. But do you think to that aspect, like, there's people that overthink it too much, and then they'll end up not putting something out that could have been really, really good?
1: Oh, absolutely. That's why I'm saying that. Like, <laughs> I mean, I have songs that I'll go back to and listen to, and I'm like, man, why did I never put that out? And I'm like, oh, yeah, because I waited way too long. Mm. And, I mean, then you get to you get to hold that failure as, yeah. as an artist.
0: <laughs> we were just talking about that, because I feel like that kind of went, like, in hand off air when we were talking about like sneakers and like how we were like oh we if we just holded it just a little longer we would have gotten what we wanted out from it so i i uh, i think that's kind of funny um what was it like when you first performed like back then your first ever performance as a band
1: it was super nerve-wracking and it's crazy because i mean i don't know how many shows i've actually played at this point it's got to mm-hmm. be like ar- around 500 i would say mm-hmm. but i still get That nervous before like I I get super super nervous and then Mm -hmm. the second I walk on stage it's like another part of my brain gets turned on and Mm -hmm. that part gets turned off but I mean yeah just getting up in front of people at the at the beginning was nerve wracking because as an early young artist all you're thinking of is what are they gonna think of me Mm -hmm. and that can screw you up pretty big time yeah
0: I agree with that. Um, obviously it's a long, uh, it's a lengthy process, like creating a a beat or creating a song and stuff like that. Can you take us a little bit step by step how you do it?
1: Yeah. Um, most of my hip hop stuff is I'll make the beat. And if that beat is meant for me, I'll already have part of the song written before I'm done. Mm -hmm. So then I'll just throw the beat from the program that I make my beat in machine. I'll throw that into pro tools and just start going Mm -hmm. and, Normally, I mean, for me and for my writing, if I don't finish that song that night, I'm not going to finish it because like there's something to me, especially in hip hop right now, Mm -hmm. there's something about the feeling of the moment, especially like with the way that you are on the microphone. Mm -hmm. Like there's just something about that moment when it's being creative that I feel like my juices are all going on full. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like trying to come back to that after it gets a little little daunting sometimes yeah,
0: i feel I, I feel that um i think like especially i've gone through that where like if i'm working on a project like if i don't get it finished that same day like i don't feel the same kind of vibe towards you yeah it. so i feel i feel yeah. where you're coming from um if you could collab with an artist or mix for an artist or be um um like make a, a song for an artist or with an artist that are live who would you choose If you could one day. Like Like any artist. Any artist dead or
1: alive. I mean my. uh, Dead or alive makes it harder. But my (laughs) my dream hip hop feature. Or like collab would be Young Thug. Young Thug. Why is that? uh, To me Young Thug. Like yeah he's appreciated. But I Mm -hmm. think he's underappreciated. Like he birthed what is cool right now. Mm -hmm. Forever ago. And then when people. Like yeah he has his cult following. Mm -hmm. But like look at. uh, Look at Gunna. Mm -hmm. Look at Lil Baby. Like don't think that young thug doesn't have his hand completely and utterly in that. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know. I have a lot of respect for artists that can step back and be like, yeah, I've done my thing and now I'm going to do it for other people and help them become something more and help them become something bigger. I don't know. And and I just love all his music. True. True.
0: Um, When people are listening to your music, how do you want them to make, how do you want your
1: music uh, to make them feel? Man, it depends on the song. I like I said I write from my feelings. So mm-hmm. I write things that are, I'm like dealing with. I don't I don't sit there and flex mm-hmm. for nothing. For sure. Like I so some songs I have are sad as sad could be and mm-hmm. like that's what I want you to feel when you hear that. But then I've got turn up songs where it's like no, I want you to get drunk and party like
0: yeah. <laughs> um what's something you wish you knew when you first got uh started?
1: Man, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um Probably song structure. Like, I took a I took a college course that ended up being, it was me and the teacher one-on-one mm-hmm. for a whole semester of songwriting. And so she got to, like, pretty much, and she, I mean, she has over 100 gold records, so she knows what she's doing with songwriting. But mm-hmm. she pretty much was, like, tailored this class to me and teaching me how songwriting would improve my music and improve my artistry. Mm-hmm. And it ha- if I could have had that probably, like, five years before that, Yeah. It would have been game over. Be game <laughs> over. <laughs> um, I'm sure people can just see the way you
0: dress and, like, the style to have. Um, and you certain style. Um, I, I like a lot. Um, how important do you think it is, like, to be comfortable when you're going up on stage? Like,
1: with what you're wearing, whatever it might be. I mean, y- you have to own it. Mm-hmm. Like, people people vibe off the energy you bring. If you come up on stage and you're awkward, the crowd's going to be awkward. But if you come up on stage screaming and jumping all over the place and getting lit, regardless of what the crowd's doing, Mm -hmm. they're going to catch on and they're going to start doing it. And like, I remember when I played in my metal band, like for the first tour that we went on, it's not that I was uncomfortable, but I hated like when crowds would just stand there. Mm -hmm. And so like it just started to get at me and get at me and get at me. And that would affect how I was on stage. Mm -hmm. And finally, I just realized that if I stopped caring and did what I knew I needed to do every night, Mm -hmm. regardless, the people would catch on. Cause like, I mean, did you go see Travis when Travis played at seven flags, like watching him walk on stage and the amount of energy he had, it was like, he just was holding the whole crowd in his palm Mm -hmm. the second he walked on stage. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the key to it is being able to go out there and know, like, know what I am doing is good, it is entertaining and we're all about to get crazy. Like people will like feed off that.
0: Yeah. Have you ever had a reaction where like one, have you ever had a reaction that you didn't expect from the crowd? And two, have you ever been up there and forgot your own lyrics? Um
1: Forgotten lyrics? Yes, because I had too much to drink before <laughs> I got on stage. <laughs> So I limit myself to that now, mm-hmm. but, uh, what was the first part? The, have you ever had like a reaction from the crowd that you weren't
0: expecting good or or, good or bad?
1: Yeah, not in hip hop, but, uh, when I was in playing metal, like at the time I was playing metal, there was a certain genre that was really, really big on the East coast. Mm-hmm. And we played, uh, in this like pretty famous cellar venue. It was like underneath a five-star restaurant. Oh, you like walked no. through cellar <laughs> doors type thing. And, uh they the band we were on tour with was the genre type of genre that the east coast really really loved at that time Mm -hmm. and uh we definitely weren't Mm. and like when they played right before us so when they played the entire crowd was standing there with their arms crossed Mm -hmm. and i was like man they are if they don't like them they're really not going to like us oh, man. and like i remember getting on stage and just facing the drum set during the intro and like the intro was like a heavy thing mm-hmm. just facing the drum set and like rocking out as hard as i could and i remember turning around and all of a sudden there was literally dudes jumping up and like punching the ceiling and like doing windmill kicks <laughs> into the crowd and stuff and i was like did not expect that at <laughs> all i thought they were going to hate us
0: yeah um the sad thing about it talking going back to like support from the um from Iowa, and like how we should all come together. Um, I went to the little Uzi concert, right? And I, I honestly can't remember the artists that went up there. I don't even think they do music honestly anymore. Um, it was two artists that um, that went up there, and they were local. They're like, "Hey, we're from Iowa, blah blah." blah. Um, and they got booed off the of stage, and my and like they, I remember they threw their mixtapes to the crowd, and the crowd ripped them up and threw them back at them and i was like what like how is that possible like honestly i in my opinion i feel like you know like obviously not everything is going to be good or you might not think everything is good but you shouldn't be doing that in my opinion because you know that that can really break down a person but do you think that there's a lot of hypocrisy going on in iowa of like oh we should all support local and then when stuff like that comes around like it's not there
1: yeah i mean i see people argue about this kind of stuff on facebook all the time and i don't chime in mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh like i uh, i mean to a to an extent like obviously you as a person are more compassionate mm-hmm. than others mm-hmm. so you thought immediately about what that might do to the other person mm-hmm. and unfortunately not there's not a lot of people like that in the world you know what i mean yeah. like they go off a whim and off their initial feeling and then their friend hypes them up to keep doing it and then Mm -hmm. the next thing another person another person then you got a whole crowd booing somebody Mm um i mean you don't have to support hip-hop or local music that you think is bad but Mm -hmm. you also don't need to go out of like and that's not just local just any music in general why go out of your way Mm -hmm. to try to ruin someone else someone else's day Mm -hmm. like if you really don't think, I remember, like, for, for instance, when, uh, I think it was last summer when we played with ASAP Ferg in Omaha, mm-hmm. like, I mean, there's, like, there's videos to prove that the crowd was way into it. I did a front flip, everybody was jumping, going crazy, mm-hmm. and, like, literally 10 minutes after I got off stage, I was checking my Facebook, and some kid went out of his way in the crowd to get on my Facebook and comment how much I sucked and how much I need to stop mm-hmm. doing music. And it was like that's cool, like, that's your opinion, but I know I was just in a room with 1,200 people that didn't think the same thing as you, so it's like, some of that shit, you just had, as an artist, you got to take it on the chin. Like, it sucks for those dudes at the Uzi show, like, Mm -hmm. you just gotta take it on the chin, but you also have to step back and, like, really analyze, like, okay, well, if this is what I'm doing, then one, either this isn't the market I need to be marketing my music to, Mm -hmm. or two, maybe I need to self-reflect on my music. Mm -hmm. Like, because, I mean, everybody's seen someone that thinks they're the greatest thing in the entire world. And you're like, how long did your mom lie to you when you were growing up? You know what I mean? That is like, true. And mm-hmm. it sucks to say, but it's true. Like, not everybody is cut out to do this kind of stuff. And unfortunately, if you get into a position like that and you're not cut out for that, then mm-hmm. maybe that happens. And
0: That is true. Um, that's an or- another uh, important thing that you brought up, especially, is like, do you think... Oh man, that's a tough spot because I feel like I've seen it before where like kids. I mean, at least in my opinion, and you said obviously everyone has their opinion, but they're oh, they're. I've seen it before where like someone doesn't have that talent. They have the talent for something else, of course, but they just don't have the talent that they're trying to go for or whatever it is they that they're trying yeah. to go for. They don't have the talent, but their parents are like, "Oh, honey, you know, you're 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 you gotta keep going." Do you think there's like. A certain like kind of split in the middle that whenever you have a kid or whenever someone has a kid like they need to be straight up with their kid or do you think they just have to be supported no matter what
1: no i mean and granted you know it'll be weird when my little kid is doing whatever he chooses to do yeah. but it's like at an extent i feel like it's your like if one if they're not good doing what you can as a parent to make them good like okay They're not good at singing. Stop calling them in the living room every time that your friends are over (laughs) to sing to them. And instead, maybe you should get them singing lessons for the next two years. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Like, I mean, there's not anything wrong with telling someone that they need to work Mm -hmm. on something. But if all you do is say you're bad, you've not given constructive criticism. You've Mm -hmm. given an opinion. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, constructive criticism is. Hey man, I noticed like every time you come into a new part for the first bar, you're lacking on the beat a little bit or something like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like something that they can tangibly take and reflect on. Otherwise it's just like, okay, I suck. And what do I do about it? Do yeah. you know what I mean?
0: That's true. Um, I want to switch over a little bit. I can't talk about, I can't not talk about what, what's going on right now. What are your views on everything that's going on in the world,
1: especially with um, like COVID and stuff like that? It sucks. I mean, as an artist, now is the best time. If you're sitting on music, you better drop it. I was just about to ask hey, you that. Everybody's bored and everybody wants something. So yeah. it's like, if you've got something sitting in the vault and you weren't sure about dropping it and you weren't sure if you were ever going to drop it, just drop it because it's going to get way easier attention right now than it will you know, once all of the stuff is lifted and everyone's back to their normal everyday life.
0: I was just going to ask you that. That was my next question. Um, I feel like there's people that... Like one right now, they're like taking some time off. Obviously, it's good to have like you know your own family time. Yeah. Um. But you think right now, especially how every a lot of people are just at home, they're not doing anything. They don't wake up in the morning and it's like, oh, I'm gonna go to the mall or I'm gonna go to this place, I'm gonna go to that place. You think it's more important right now to drop whatever you have, whether you don't think it might do good, whether you're whatever the situation might be. Right now is the time to drop everything with vi- videos, music, anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, as long as you put at least a little bit of thought into the rollout cause yeah yeah <laughs> the idea of just dropping something with no promotion no anything anymore is kind of a dead idea like yeah like you it's like normal day everyday life it's going to be hard to get someone to click play but now you got probably like a 25 50 percent chance better chance of them actually doing it so yeah i mean if you have thought at all about it it's just about dropping it like stop overthinking the situation stop overthinking what are people gonna think about me because mm-hmm. the older you get people's opinions on you don't mean shit because you've got your circle of people around you that you love and you trust mm-hmm. and everyone else it's it is what it is not yeah. everybody's gonna love you
0: yeah that is that is true no one i feel like if you're not getting hit you're obviously not doing something right you know yeah. what i mean so yeah um i was gonna i wanted to switch a little bit um to like events that were coming up um obviously rolling loud and stuff like that was canceled Um, But I wanted to talk about a local event called 515 Alive, um, and how, I mean, I don't know, I've heard back and forth with this, and obviously you're an artist, so I wanted to get your opinion on it. Um, Do you feel like a lot of times, these big events, you know, they're kind of, like, mainstream here, with, like, artists like ASAP Fur, Gucci, and stuff like that, that came here. Do you think that a lot of those big events and stuff don't give enough credit to local artists, like... I feel like it's kind of hard if you're a local artist, whether you have, like, really, really good music
1: to kind of get on there and for them to pick you up. I mean, I probably have the opinion that not as many people have. Mm -hmm. I think that they do more than enough. Mm -hmm. And, like, granted, people are going to be like, yeah, that's because you've played it every year. Well, that's why I wanted to get your opinion. But, like, so I know the last time it was downtown, and I'm not going to name names or anything, but last time I was downtown, it was downtown. There Mm -hmm. was a local stage and there was some complaints that the sound system and the lights and stuff and just the stage in general was shit Mm -hmm. but what they didn't realize is every other stage that was there had a corporate sponsor paying for the stage Mm. that stage came out of the owner's pocket the owner's pocket to make sure 12 different locals played each day Mm. to me seeing that kind of situation and Mm. knowing that side of things anyone that says that they're not about it is I mean, they're just wrong. Like, And, I mean, I know as things have progressed through the years, there's been less and less locals on it. Mm -hmm. But that also comes down to how were the locals treating the situation when they did have it? Mm -hmm. Did they try to show up 20 minutes late? Did they try and not check in when they were supposed to? Did they? Because there was a lot of, like, I mean, there was a lot of big ego situation Mm -hmm. from locals. And then now it gets to the point when you've got people like, you know like future played and Mm. stuff like that like when futures agent looks at the roster and sees names they don't know they're gonna go be going back to the talent booker and being like well why is this person here here and here and it could even be signed artists like Mm. why is this signed artist playing after my artist well we're not gonna play anymore if you Mm. don't put us after them like that's when it it i mean it just gets harder like it all can't be blamed on one situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think they do a really good job of supporting what they can and like really trying to give a platform to people to get in front of those bigger crowds. And
0: I agree. Um, was there any like upcoming events that were canceled due to this whole situation for you?
1: Yeah, right. When everything popped off, we were supposed to play with uh, Key Glock and Young Dolph. It was gonna be me, uh, Otto, and Shaka. I remember you re-promoted that. Yeah, and then we got told like the night before, or two nights before, or something that it wasn't gonna happen, Mm -hmm. and so that sucked. But other than that, no. I mean, we've all like at least in my group of people, like we've all just been really focusing on like upping our craft. Like we've been traveling a lot, um, Mm -hmm. working with a lot of big name people, and just like really figuring out. Okay, this is what the amount of effort we thought it took, mm-hmm. which is more than most, but really we're only about 50%. So how do we get the next 50%? Like yeah. So oh, shows yeah. shows just aren't really like shows and performances just aren't the number one thing on my mind right now. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, to me at, at this point shows are personal gratification. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it it's fun for me to do that, but as far as like promotion and stuff and like getting my name out there, I just don't think like, unless it's, like, a situation where, like, it's two, 3,000 people and half of them are from out of town, like, mm-hmm. then it's a little bit better. But, like, other than that, it's, like, no, I think I need to focus my time on upping my craft and how I'm working in the business.
0: That's true. Um, what do you think, or what do you, yeah, what do you think about the community right now as a whole, um, music-wise? Uh,
1: I mean, I think that Des Moines' hip-hop culture is, like, Probably the most, in my opinion, personal opinion, is the most popular I've ever seen it be mm-hmm. as far as how many people are showing up for local events, whether it be a show, a fashion show, an art show, anything like that. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a lot more support. And, like, yeah, there is a, a knit group of people that are showing that much support. Mm-hmm. But five years ago, before I lived here, or before I left Ames, like, and was here for shows, like, local hip hop shows were nothing like they are now. Like, even the big shows were nothing like they are now. So it's just kind of like, I think people just need to keep pushing, like don't get discouraged and feeling that like, Oh, we're still just Des Moines. Cause in reality of things, the amount of growth that the, not just hip hop, but the entire music scene of Des Moines has had in the last five to 10 years is insane. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all the only other way is to keep going up and the more that people come out and the more that people support the more likely we are to get more big artists Mm -hmm. and then the more likely the local artists are going to get a chance to get on this big artist show and it just keeps progressing from there
0: i agree um what is there anything that you would like to see different or like any
1: changes that you would like to see in the community as a whole i mean i just think that as far as like shows like i mean most people can already know and see what the news says and the way that they like to spin stuff on the hip hop community here and like that the hip, that there's nothing good and like just tries to make it all look like it's a bad thing mm-hmm. like that just needs to be just destroyed mm-hmm. like we need to be able to come out to shows and have good a good time and have a lit party and not have any drama not have any problems and like yeah i get it there's personal aspect to all of it Mm -hmm. but when someone's going out of their way to make a a show Mm -hmm. and putting that much money on the line to bring artists you want to see in your city Mm -hmm. like all all that shit is is just bringing a detriment to that and Mm -hmm. to that person and to the entire music community as a whole like don't give them something to talk about give them something or don't give them something negative to talk about give them something positive to talk about like Mm -hmm oh man, they had 5,000 people at this show at Waterworks and there were no problems and this and this. Because and, the more we can do that, the less they start stop looking at it like it's bad. And like Des Moines does, they look at hip hop like it's something bad and like it's something they don't want to support. But the people who are running the music around here don't look at it that way. Right. And they want to keep bringing these artists out and they want to keep throwing these shows.
0: I agree with that 100% um where do you see yourself in the next 10 years or where would you like to be in the next 10
1: years man 10 years is a long time yeah but uh, i
0: feel like it, sometimes it, it's short like when you yeah. said we, we went from 2010 now we're in 2020 just like that yeah it's so, true yeah where do you see yourself or do you, would do you like yourself to be in 10 years
1: well we're building our new studio um and that'll come like everything's going to completely be completely new it's not going to be the mothership anymore um And I'm just gonna self plug this real quick. It's gonna be 2,500 square feet with two full size studios and also two rooms for local producers Mm -hmm. to come in and make beats on real systems. And uh, I mean, it's gonna be something that Des Moines doesn't have, and especially Des Moines doesn't have for the hip hop community. And it like that's my passion and my drive right now. Mm -hmm. Is like I I really want to see because there are, there are tons of really good local artists here that should be signed. Mm-hmm. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts, but they're not getting signed because we don't have exposure mm-hmm. because we're a smaller city. Yeah. And, like, my biggest goal is to be able to have a studio that can bring a national spotlight. Like, we're already working with certain people and trying to bring people from out of town into the studio to get... So that artists here can mingle with people that are in the business. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, I mean that's just my focus. And that focus only goes like three years in the future right now. So, but that, and I just want to keep making music, keep playing shows. I don't really care. Like, yeah, just like any other artist, I would love to get signed, love to get Mm -hmm. the big paychecks and everything. But like, if I can run my studio and make my living and write songs, like I'm cool with that. Like I'm, Making it, to me, looks a bunch of different ways other than just being a signed artist, to put it that way. That's
0: true. Um, There's an important topic that I wanted to uh, bring up was I feel like a lot of people nowadays or it's kind of like the old mindset of thinking. That's why I asked you about college and how and if you think that someone needs to go to school for that in order to be successful. I feel like a lot of times now there's people that will be like, oh, well, you know, my parents brought me up that I have to work a normal nine to five job. And in order for me to be doing that, I have to go to school. And on top of that, like I have to work a nine to five in order to make good income. But do you think there's another part to that as well as like, how far are you going to let your path, your life pass by you before you wake up? And it clicks that, okay, yeah, you know, that nine to five might be making you good money, like really good money. But then if you pursue your actual happiness job, although you might be making a little less you're truly happy do you think people need to choose happiness over what they're used to hearing and what their parents or what society is pushing towards them
1: a thousand percent like i mean and that that really comes into play for me because like before before the studio the mothership opened full-time like Mm -hmm. i had worked a nine-to-five job for seven years eight years Mm -hmm. and so i knew the luxury of the two-week paycheck that's mm-hmm. the same every two weeks mm-hmm. and this is the lifestyle I can live but then it just got to the point man where like I couldn't go to work not depressed and I couldn't leave work not depressed so not only was I wasting 40 hours a week in this office not able to do my craft mm-hmm. but this job was making me so depressed that when I even had the time to do it I didn't want to do it I feel that and it so was just much. like I mean at a certain point like you said like choose happiness like yeah money's great and it's great to be able to pay your bills by all means make sure you can pay your bills and like at least uphold a certain level of living Mm -hmm. but past that it's like man if you're going to a job that you hate every day realistically when you look at it you're spending the majority of your waking hours doing something you hate Mm -hmm. when you could be doing something you love and like perfect example, like, I I grew up wanting to be an artist and be signed and be this touring musician and all this. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, like, making it to me, it looks a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. Because once you really invest yourself in a passion, you start to see that there's more than just the one avenue at making money in the same passion. Like, mm-hmm. I mean... Shit, you could be recording voiceovers for a high V commercial. Like, yeah, is that not the coolest thing in the world to record? No, but they probably just paid you a brick of money, Mm -hmm. and it probably took you an hour. You know what I mean? So it's just like opening your mind and yourself up to knowing that like your all your money might not come from one avenue. But like that's what I love about like our generation is our generation is way more Mm go-getting. We're not. We don't like to just give in to the normalcy of what everyone expects us to do Mm -hmm. and like like you selling shoes like Mm -hmm. people will probably try and tell you like you can't make a decent living like you can't make money off that and it's like no you're wrong i mean the funny
0: thing is not not to like i don't like bragging at all i i'm truly against that but now that you bring that up it's funny because this whole past month has really opened my eyes with that I was making double what I made in my nine to five, doing something that people told me since I began. I wasn't going to make anything. Yeah. So, like, that really, like, it hit me. I'm like, yo, this whole time, I'm wasting time at a normal nine to five, but I can be doing something else if I have the time. You yeah. know what I mean? So, I completely agree with that. Um, In my mind, you know, especially you, bro, like, when you first started, and I told you this from the beginning, even off air and even on when we were on the podcast, you were the first person to, like, reach out to me and be like, yo, like, if you need anything, like, you know, I'm always here. We can do this and that. And I, like, I want to thank you especially, you know, for actually doing that because I feel like we don't have that enough.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, mean, it just gets to the point where it's just, like, you... Like, I I find satisfaction in watching other people succeed just Mm -hmm. as much as I find in myself succeeding. Like, if I find other genuine humans who are really, like like cuz i'm not always going to have the right answer you know what i mean mm-hmm. but like maybe i have the right answer f- for you about audio but i need to find this pair of shoes i've been wanting to find and you know sure. exactly how to get them mm-hmm. at a great price you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i mean if you're not like if you're not building networks of people in all aspects of things like you're wasting your time like you can't do everything on your own and the more people you know and the more people that know how to do things mm-hmm. like you can build empires on that kind of stuff and it's just like the only thing holding you back is an ego at that point. You know what That's I mean? True. So it's like, what, there's no point in that. Like there would have been no point in me being like, not saying anything to you. And like, cause I have people all the time, like that'll message me and ask me for like mixing tips. And it's mm-hmm. like, I can give you a generic tip mm-hmm. just like that but you want to send me the song and I'll listen to it and I can try and give you like some actual key pointers for you to look at. And yeah. a lot of people will be like, man, I didn't think you would do that. I didn't, you know, cause mm-hmm. you get paid for that. And it's like, yeah, I get paid for that, but I'm trying to build relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to build a network of people because that is worth way more to me than you sending me your song and me making a quick little, you know, 1500 bucks. Like, yeah.
0: That's good. That That's honestly that I feel like we need more of that. Um, and this is kind of talking about that. I'm not sure if you know. I know a lot of people don't that are listening, but here's a good example of that that I knew about. So um, you obviously you know Virgil from Off White, correct? Yeah. So he his mentor was Kanye West, and Kanye West, of course, since he began in like the community, sneaker community, fashion community, he always wanted to be the um, the the directive creator for the menswear of Louis Vuitton. So this whole time Virgil was growing up. And he's like, you know, he's he's uh his he's taking steps from like Kanye West and doing all this. Virgil, like a lot of people know, ends up surpassing Kanye and now is the the, uh, director of creator for the menswear of Louis Vuitton. Kanye West, of course, kind of felt a type of way. He could have gone away and and, like try to destroy um, Virgil's image and try to like you know deteriorate him and everything like that. Instead of doing that, he was proud of him. Yeah, And I feel like that's something that we need here because I feel like a lot of times people here, they have the means of making someone better and maybe one day surpassing them, but they choose not to because of ego. Do you think that's something that we need to work as a whole here in Iowa? Especially, I feel like ego is holding a lot of people back.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's everywhere, bro. Like, mm-hmm. it, And it's funny too because you know some of the people that I can think of if you walked into a situation with like a large artist, mm-hmm. where's your ego then? Are you still going to be that arrogant person? Cause I guarantee you, if, if you walk into a room with someone who has the, the status and the money to have that ego and is not, mm-hmm. you're going to get written off and blackballed from that situation. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like being humble in anything you do, it, I think is key because if you think you're the best then you, you've stated you have nothing left to learn. Mm. When in all reality, there's not a day that goes by that you're not learning something, you know mm. what I mean? So mm. you always have to keep that open mind and always be lear- willing to learn. And if you're walking around thinking you're the best of the best and no one can ever be better, it's like, okay, well, then no one's going to reach a handout to help you. Like, mm. no, you already know enough. I've, I've heard how you talk. I've heard how you do things. Mm-hmm. I don't need to help someone like that. You already know what you're doing, you know what mm. I mean?
0: That is true. Um, we with all of our, our like artists or whatever, we like to leave a last message. What would be your last message to um, those who are listening?
1: Be yourself 100% genuinely mm-hmm. and don't be scared to invest in yourself. Like, I mean, like I said, making music costs money and making music the right way costs even more money. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I mean, I, I always encourage every artist, every artist, if you don't have a laptop at home with a crappy little mic and a mm-hmm. little interface to record demos, you're screwing yourself over because one that'll give you the opportunity to lay your idea down mm-hmm. and build on top of that before mm-hmm. you walk into the final studio Yeah. and B, it makes it so that you're going to have a little bit easier time communicating with your engineer and your producer, mm-hmm. because at least, you know, the basic like talk of an engineer and a producer I and agree. it just makes things run smooth more smoothly but yeah being yourself and investing in yourself and investing in your craft because otherwise you're just going to stay stagnant that is
0: true um you plugged a little bit um of your new you know like project
1: that you're working on is there anything else you want to plug on um like any projects I, yeah, are coming yeah I, d- I dropped my i think it's six or seven songs uh ep it's called losing signal and mm. that was probably like I think it finally hit iTunes, like, two weeks ago, and, mm-hmm. and Spotify, and then I dropped my video for one of those songs, which is the first video I've dropped in, like, two years. Uh, it's called Nightmares, and, yeah, so check those out. Where can people find you? Uh, everywhere, like, any streaming service, uh, you know, Tidal, M- uh, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Amazon, you know all the good stuff uh, for sure i
0: want to thank you again for you know coming here and sharing your story sharing your opinions and stuff like that um like i said i want to thank you again man because you were the first person to ever reach out and like actually be be that person to say hey you know like i'll help you with whatever you need um when we first started and all that type of stuff so i want to thank you again um as always you can find the podcast on all major listening platforms again shout out to anchor for sponsoring Uh, the podcast as always and uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode and you know I always want you guys to take something out of it Um, and again like I said I want to thank you again for for having uh, the time to sit down with me and tell your story so I appreciate that man yeah thank you man